0: To learn more, visit UASCC.org or UnitedWayNCC.org.
1: Well, I want to thank everybody for coming out here, on, at least on the phone, for our first press call. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, doing more of these, and we want to make sure that people hear about uh, what we're doing down here in Washington, D.C., and what we're doing in the district and, and how we're hitting the ground running. But it's been quite a week, and we really have uh, hit the ground running over this uh, last Week. It's been a very full week uh, for much of it. Uh, the House is in session since I was sworn in uh, Tuesday of last week, um, which was quite an honor, a uh, real honor to be speaking for the people of the 23rd Congressional District, and they once again uh, have a voice. Uh, we're taking uh, the job very seriously. We're not taking it lightly. Um, the first and foremost concern on our end was making sure we got the offices up and running, uh, and our, uh, I'm I am currently sitting in our office in Washington D.C. The House is in session uh, today, but our offices in the district in Jamestown, Olean, Corning, and Geneva are staffed and open, which is a a, a paramount importance uh, to myself, but also a paramount importance uh, to the people uh, of the district. So they have uh, somewhere to go, somewhere to reach out to when they don't know who else to reach out to, which is an important function. Uh, of any congressional office and should be the top priority uh, for any member of Congress. Uh, As I think we put out uh, to the media, I've been named to the Education and Labor Committee uh, and to the Budget Committee, so I serve on two uh, congressional committees. On the Education and Labor Committee, I serve on the Early Childhood Elementary and Secondary Education Subcommittee budget doesn't happen to have uh, subcommittees, so that's why I'm not on a subcommittee on the budget uh, committee. And since uh, I was sworn in, we had a full hearing in the full committee for education and labor. Uh, We had a markup uh, just yesterday. We had a hearing in the Early Childhood Education Secondary uh, 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 Education Subcommittee, Uh, and I have been very actively participating in all of uh, the committee's activities. uh, speaking, asking questions of witnesses. And frankly, I'm very happy. I don't think there's a more important place to be than especially uh, the Early Childhood Elementary and Secondary Education Subcommittee right now. Our, our children are in a, a tough spot coming out of the COVID pandemic and uh, to be somebody that can make sure uh, that they are getting what they need uh, to be successful uh, coming out of the lockdowns and the mandates and the, and the shutdowns is very important to me, uh, not only as a member of Congress, but as a a father. Uh, So I'm I'm looking forward to being very active on the committees uh, to which I've been assigned, and it's going to give us a lot of uh, uh, a platform to be helpful um, to the people of the district. Uh, I've also begun uh, getting involved more tangibly on legislation. Uh, The first bill I co-sponsored was the 9-11 Responder and Survivor Health Funding uh, Correction Act, uh, to make sure that uh, those that are bearing the health burden of responding uh, at Ground Zero and other, uh, in other ways on 9-11 are receiving what they need uh, with the health difficulties that have um, been manifesting themselves in that community uh, over the last uh, 21 years. So that's a, that's a bill uh, that I joined with my New York State colleagues on uh, to support. Also, uh, I was given the responsibility to manage two bills on the floor of the house that's not something that usually happens where somebody is in their fourth session day uh but i was given responsibility to be the lead republican as the debate was occurring on on two bills uh one was the helen keller national center reauthorization act um which hits me very close to home my i i have a daughter uh with a disability as i think a lot of you know she happens to have down syndrome the helen keller national center supports people who are death blind so it's a, a different uh, condition that people have, but uh, I'm going to be very supportive of all folks uh, with disabilities, especially uh, children. So that was uh, a bill that I led the Republican side of the debate on and uh, which passed the House uh, this week. And then the other bill was the Bridging the Gap for New Americans Act, and this was a bill uh, to produce a study uh, for barriers to employment for legal, and I want to emphasize legal uh, immigrants uh, who maybe have their credentials from another country and they have, or they're underemployed or, or unemployed. Uh, obviously, if somebody is here legally and it's following all the rules uh, to be in the United States of America, we want to encourage that. We want people to be living a, a full and productive life, even if their college degree was uh, somewhere else or in their uh, other, some other professional credential. So that was uh, to help that. And that bill also uh, has passed the House uh, since the debate occurred. Uh, So, but it hasn't all been just D.C. Uh, The focus uh, of this office is always going to be the people of the district. We work uh, to help them in D.C., but uh, the people that we serve, the people that we answer to, are back home. So over the weekend, uh, I was home. I had the pleasure of helping open the Cuba Garlic Festival, which is uh, is fun. Uh, It's one of the, the more fun festivals, especially if you happen to like garlic. Uh, uh, it's uh, <laughs> you probably do want to make sure you like garlic, it, it, but it's uh, it's uh, it's a fun place to be, and it's grown and grown. It's one of our larger festivals uh, in the district now, and to be there uh, with the uh, the local folks uh, in Cuba was a huge honor. Uh, to Help open that. Uh, I was also at a, at a event for uh, Suwannee County Scope, one of our Second Amendment groups, in, in Bath, uh, defending our Second Amendment as I've ran and now serve as a constitutional conservative and, and supportive of the second amendment and also a very solemn event. I uh, attended the memorial for former Congressman Houghton. Uh, Amo Houghton passed away at the beginning of the COVID pandemic uh, uh, at the beginning of that time, just as things were locking down. And so there, the family, the Houghton family had not been able to have a full funeral and, and service and, and myself and, uh, several former members of Congress and several uh, local elected officials along with folks from Corning Incorporated, the community at large, and of course the Houghton family uh, were in Corning uh, over the weekend and uh, that event uh, happened on, on Saturday and it was a real honor. Um, you know, Mr. Houghton served in the seat that I'm privileged and, and honored to serve in uh, for 18 years and my first job in politics was as an intern. Uh, for Mr. Houghton and to uh, be able to, along with the entire community, pay tribute uh, to his life was a, uh, was an important thing, uh, especially in my first week in office uh, in Meadowlone. So we're off and running, we're working hard. We are keeping focused on the people of the district. Uh, we are going to be aggressive and working on their priorities and we're not gonna take a single minute for granted, especially given the situation where I will only be in office for approximately four months. Um, with that, I'm happy to answer questions on any of
2: these matters that we've been dealing with over the last week or anything else that anybody may want to chat about. Okay, great. Thanks, Joe. We'll go to Jack from The Observer.
0: Hey, good morning, and congratulations on uh, getting the seat. We, uh, you're well-known up here. You've, you've spoken out for Shasta County many a times, especially during the NRG hearing. Yeah. Your, uh, work up here is appreciated. Um, I know it's a little off topic, but you know, one of the things, I'm, I'm a Rotarian and I, I get a little concerned when, when I see the uh, recurrence of polio being found in the state. Is there anything being discussed federally on this? I mean, it, it's a problem in third world countries, but now to see it back in the United States is kind of alarming to, to me as someone who's been in Rotary.
1: Yeah, uh, I know that the governor has declared a state of emergency in New York State, um, and I I have not been party to any discussions on a federal response uh, to polio, Um, but certainly uh, it's something we're going to watch very closely. Uh, And any time you have a situation with a disease that is as severe as polio can be, uh, we're going to take it uh, uh, very seriously. But uh, it's something we will be monitoring, and if there is any update on a federal-type response,
0: I'll certainly let you know. Well, thanks, and I appreciate you uh, doing these telephone conference calls. Thanks, Joe. Well, yeah, thanks, and uh, hello to everybody in Dunkirk. <laughs> thanks a lot.
2: Okay, next we'll go to Finger Lakes Radio Group. Are you there? All right, we'll move to the next one. We'll go to uh, Tap Into Greater
3: Olean. Hi, good morning. Um, on that question again. I'm going to switch topics a little bit, but a recent CNN poll showed that a majority of New Yorkers support the president's program to cancel student debt, um, including people who have paid back their loans or never had them. Given that you represent a district with multiple colleges and therefore a large population of students, what are your thoughts on Biden's student loan forgiveness plan?
1: Yeah, that was a topic of one of the uh, uh, of the markup that I was in on the Education and uh, and Labor Committee. And I, I do have some very serious concerns with that program, and and my concerns revolve around what about the person that did everything right, the person that has paid off uh, their loans? Uh, you know, what do you say to that person? Where does he go uh, or she go for a for a check uh, when the people that are uh, you know, being paid off are people that maybe uh, obviously haven't finished paying off their loans. What about the person who is uh, maybe working a trade? Maybe they're a plumber, or maybe they're uh, a carpenter, or somebody that didn't go to a four-year school, and now they're being asked with their tax dollars to pay off somebody that has a college degree. You know, that doesn't strike me as very fair. So it's not fair to people that paid off their loans on time. It's not fair to people uh, that are working a job where they didn't I get a loan. And also, the president doesn't have the authority to do it in the first place. Uh, You know, this wasn't passed via law. You know, this wasn't something that we voted on in the House of Representatives in the United States Senate. It was done by executive action, and I don't believe constitutionally uh, the president has the authority to do it. So he should bring it to the legislature uh, if he wants to do this sort of thing. But I have very grave concerns with the message it sends to some very hardworking people who have done everything that we've asked them to do uh, in this country.
3: Okay, well, what about the people in that poll that, you know, still supported it even though they had said they had already paid back their loans or didn't have any to begin with? I'm sorry,
1: you got a little fuzzy there.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, what about the people in that poll that said they still supported the, um, the program even though they had already paid back their loans or didn't have any to begin with?
1: Yeah, I mean, those folks are going to be putting the bill for the people that are getting loan relief. I mean, this is going to be paid for by U.S. taxpayers. And, you know, that's, that's all of us. You know, the money doesn't come out of thin air, uh, you know, if the federal government is going to make a level of expenditure or any type of expenditure of, of this nature, that's coming from the people. That's coming from you, me, everybody else that's a U.S. taxpayer. And now you're asking people to pay for their neighbor's loans, uh, you know, And, again, we're talk, maybe talking about somebody that has already paid off their loan or somebody that has never incurred uh, debt. Uh, or maybe, maybe it's somebody that couldn't get a loan or was concerned about the cost of college didn't go because of the, the cost concerns, and now they're going to pay off uh, the loan of the guy that, uh, uh, that did go and get a four-year degree or a two-year degree or a graduate degree. Again, I have some very serious concerns with constitutionality, with legality, of this action, but also of the fairness uh, to regular people in this country.
3: Okay.
2: So why... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I cut her off. I thought she was done. Go ahead. Okay.
3: Sorry. Oh, sorry. So um, why do you think that in that poll it showed that people who had already paid off their loans or didn't have these, beginning still supported the program?
1: Well, I think the more they learn about it, I think you're going to see uh, maybe those poll numbers uh, readjust uh, when they realize that who exactly is going to be paying for this. There, there is no such thing as a free lunch. There is no such thing as uh, free money from the government. It comes from the taxpayer.
2: Okay, next we'll go to Terry Frank, Media One Radio Group. Yes, good morning, Joe. Thanks for uh, resuming the uh, phone conferences. Happy to do it, Terry. Hey, uh, just a quick question about you're uh, going to be here in the western end of the uh, district this coming Friday. You're going to be addressing the Chautauqua County Chamber of Commerce just outside Jamestown. It's uh, Moonbrook Country Club. Uh, What are you looking forward to with that? What do you hope to hear, and what do you hope to learn?
1: Well, I am looking forward to that. That's been an event that's been a longstanding tradition uh for the chamber of congress to host the 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 current member and uh, i'm looking forward to it one i want to make sure people know uh what we're working on that we have really hit the ground running in the office but that's secondary what's primary is i want to hear from the people in the community for when i go back to washington the next week or whenever uh, i will be back the next week at least it's scheduled now and when i'm back uh in future weeks What should I be working on? What should my priorities be? What's working well uh, for people in the community? What's not working well for people in the community? What's something that is getting too much attention and maybe something else is getting forgotten? Uh, A good elected official at any level of government is going to be always listening to the people that they work for. And I work for the people of the 23rd District, so I have to be continually checking in. Uh, This particular event uh, is going to be a great opportunity for that listening, but we are in the process of figuring out uh, the schedule for town hall meetings. Uh, This is, uh, town hall meetings is something that the people of this congressional district uh, have come to expect, and uh, we will be doing them. We're in the process of uh, figuring out what the schedule is going to be and locations are going to be. But if I have an opportunity to be listening to the people of the 23rd district, learning from them, and being guided as to what I should be doing as their voice, uh, it's always a pleasure to do so. Very good.
2: Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Okay, now we'll go to Rachel from Lily Broadcasting.
3: Hey, good morning. Uh, it was great meeting you the other day at your uh, swearing-in ceremony at the Capitol. Um, just a quick question. Um, I'm curious, you know, before... Uh, you took office. What was the constituent services? Like, what did it look like? Was it just vacant? What was going on, I guess, compared to how it is up and running now? Thank you.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, so the way it works, when a member of Congress uh, leaves office, either by resignation or uh, or a death or something like that, uh, the clerk of the House of Representatives steps in and becomes the governing authority. Uh, the members of the staff do stay in place But uh, they are limited as to what they can do. Obviously, there's no legislative activity. Uh, And then there's, you know, casework that does happen. There's constitutional service things that happen. But that is, uh, it can be difficult if it's something of a uh, more unusual nature or something of a bigger nature. Uh, That's something maybe not something that is uh, a casework type that is dealt with uh, sort of every day. Maybe you need the member of Congress uh, to intervene. I can give you a, a tangible example. Uh, you know, there was a situation in, in Ithaca where uh, there was a lot of concern in the community about American Airlines pulling out of the airport, and I was reached out to by members of the community, and they didn't have a member of Congress to. And so I, you know, wrote a note to American Airlines saying maybe you should reconsider this. But at that point, I was a potential member of Congress. Uh, so things like that become difficult for the office uh, to handle. And then, even even more troubling, um, my election occurred in late August, and I wasn't sworn in until mid-September. Um, During that period, which was approximately three weeks, the offices were closed completely and completely shut down. So no constituent casework was happening, so we have to go through the process. Uh, all of the logistics and the behind-the-scenes things of getting the offices reopened, getting uh, the phones working, getting the uh, Internet working, getting all those sort of things that go nuts and bolts of running any sort of modern office, get that all uh, restarted. And so it's, um, I'm very happy that we've made the progress we had have over the last week. I'm very grateful uh, that so many of the district staff are willing to stay on even through a vacancy and through uh, an interim where the offices are closed. And as I said, I believe that function of the office should be the highest priority for any member of Congress, regardless of geography or party.
3: Thank you again, and um, I'll see you around the Capitol.
2: (laughs) All right, good to see you. Okay, we've got time for one more question, Joe, and we'll go to Dave with WDOE. And good morning, Joe. Congratulations. And again, uh, thanks for doing these sessions. We really appreciate it. Happy you um, do it. What are your goals legislatively during the next uh, four years? It seems like a relatively short period of time, but do you think you can uh, accomplish something as far as trying to get legislation passed?
1: Well, I wish I had four years, but in the four months uh, that we're going to have, uh, we are, like I said, we're going to be very focused on things that have an impact on the district. And if there's ways that we can be helpful to specific uh, district concerns, I was literally the last meeting I had just before I got on this call was with the supervisor of the town of Ashford, where the West Valley Demonstration Project is. That's a priority for not only this office, but for all my uh, predecessors. Also, as I mentioned, uh, I'm very excited to be on, especially the Education and Labor Committee, but also budget, uh, but Education and Labor, I think, is going to be more active in that four-month window. I've had uh, one-on-one discussion with the ranking Republican ranking member about how I want to be very active on that committee and, and if there's ways that we can uh, not only uh, advance district priorities through that committee, but also uh, national priorities. Uh, we're going to do so. I have a particular interest uh, due to uh, my daughter's situation in helping those with uh, disabilities, as I mentioned, especially children. Uh, so uh, anything that we can be helpful with uh, to make special education uh, easier. But again, it all goes back uh, not only to the district, and uh, I'm here to advance the district's uh, priorities. I have a couple dozen votes on the floor of the House, uh, and the House is closely divided and we will have more legislation that comes up this week we're going to have more legislation that comes up probably next week and then after the election in november and december i'm expecting quite a bit of legislation to move especially if the republicans take the house of representatives uh in the november election uh we have uh a lot on the plate legislatively just overall in the votes that need to be cast so we are certainly not only being uh, reactive to the things that come up, but we're being aggressively proactive, uh, looking for opportunities to make uh, make the lives better of the people in the district.
2: Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Joe, that does it for us today.
1: All right. Well, thanks, to everybody. And, and uh, I, I'm so happy we had so many uh, participants in the call uh, today, and we're going to continue to... Uh, to do these phone calls. I think it's a very important function, and, and I appreciate you, uh, those in the media, that are covering uh, what's happening in Washington, D.C., and in the 23rd Congressional District.